Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. From behind home plate, your Orioles talk. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. So breaking news, it's the year 2018 now, if you haven't heard. This is a time for New Year's resolutions, things you will do in 2018 or at least attempt to do. So as sports fans, we will discuss and we'll ask the question, what are our, as Section 336ers, what are our sports New Year's resolutions? The Ravens season is over. We didn't make the playoffs, as I predicted is it time to become a hardcore Baltimore Blast fan again? Dean Pease announced his retirement today. Is that enough of a scapegoat to give John Harbaugh a little bit more time? I'm Josh Soroka. I'm Burt Grody. And I'm Matt Soroka. All that and more on this edition of Section 336. Buckle up, birds, be ready to ride. Your host, man, shots a bird, ready to fly. Baltimore's best, section 336. The number one sports broadcast gets you fixed. What's the news? Let's talk about Buck, our favorite Orioles. What's the latest lineup? Home runs and stolen bases. This is a trip. Stay tuned in at 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, coconuts and strawberries, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I, of course, am your endearingly stirring host, Matt Sproka. And as always, I'm joined by the zany Burt Rody. Freezing cold on January 1st of the new year. What up, 336ers? And the button lover, Josh Sproka. How you guys doing? I, uh, You guys go out for New Year's Eve? Or were you like me? I stayed in. Did you... Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> did you stay up till midnight, Josh? How late did you make it? I no, uh, I would have probably gone to bed early, but I decided to that I decided yesterday that I was going to use New Year's Eve and New Year's Day to remodel the studio. Oh yeah, I saw you Instagram so, some pictures. So yeah, I put I put some pictures up on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, so I yesterday gutted the studio, took it all apart, brought in a, a new desk. Well, really two tables that I built into kind combine them into a nice standing and sitting desk combo thing. And then I was up probably till one working on rebuilding the studio. And then I got back to it this morning and right now it's all back up and running. The picture looked good. And I felt like you, uh, you sent us a picture of it. You Instagrammed a picture of it. It was almost enough to make me want to come back in studio. I know. I, I think <laughs> maybe this will get you back out here. Um, but it's so nice to just come down to my basement, Josh. I know it is. But you, <laughs> so you you missed last week where last week we had some trouble with the uh, internet connections. 
Oh, really? Yeah. I, yeah, that was a great show with Charlie, too. We had good oral discussion, but the internet was crapping out a little bit. Right, which made it a pain to uh, edit and a, a little bit of pain to do the show, but I think it came out fine in the end, and, and we were able to edit all of that stuff out, but... Yeah, that that's good. But I, I, I was in the Outer Banks last week and I can guarantee if you tried to get me live on the Internet with you guys from the beach house, it would have been far worse than what you had going on with Charlie. The Internet is unreliable down there, to say the least. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, so I I rebuilt the whole studio. It now seats. It still seats. It still has four setup mics, but we got enough room in here that we can really bring in more than four more than the four people and do group interviews or anything. It's a nice. It'll be great for Birdland Radio. If the intern ever showed back up, I got a great spot up here, kind of above us, that he can uh, <laughs> do some work. We can keep yeah, an eye some, on him. I want to have some sit-down, in-studio discussions with some of our frequent guests again. Yeah. Like, we need to get – I want to sit down with Alex Murphy again. I want to sit down with that Eric RDT, even though he writes for that trash site, Barstool Sports. I want to sit down <laughs> with him again. Uh, I mean, there's some uh, some recurring guests I would like to sit down in the studio with to discuss all this nonsense happening in Baltimore sports. Right. There's a there's a bunch of guys that we haven't talked to in a while uh, that January, February is going to be the perfect time to get those guys in. I'm thinking like Derek Arnold. Get him yeah. in there um, and talk to some other guys and bloggers in the Baltimore sports area that are going through this same weirdness that we're going through with the Orioles offseason. Yeah, I agree. I think that's that's, that's a good idea, and it, it it should be fun. I've got to. I want to throw out there. I don't know how we want to do this show. I guess let's get the Ravens talk over with because it's gonna. If we save it to the end, it's gonna be like a dark cloud hanging over the entire show. <laughs> All right, but so yeah, I'd rather yeah. just deal with it up front, like men handle the discussion and then move on. Right. So right. I, like I'm with you. If bring that elephant out of the closet and put it what's in the room, but let's tackle the elephant. Let's shoot the elephant. And kill it. Right. If you're not a Ravens fan, just hit the little fast forward a little bit because we are getting to some Orioles talk. Yeah. I know we do. And I got some new, I got some new year's sports resolutions. Uh, Happy new year to our coconuts out there. But I got some new year's resolutions related to sports that I would like to employ in 2018. But we'll get to that too. Cool. I also got a 2018 prediction involving Manny Machado. We'll get to that too. All right. Uh, it was nice to get through 2017 with still having Manny Machado as an Oriole. I think it was nice. I'm torn whether or not it was nice. I like Manny Machado on the Orioles. I don't want to get nothing for him. But well, let, let yeah, let's hold off on the Manny talk. talk. Yeah, Josh, I just said we're going to do it. Josh, jump right into Manny talk because hey. I have some thoughts on Manny too. Uh, I got Manny talk thoughts. Okay, well <laughs> we'll get to that. But let's, let's start with uh, let's start with uh, Ravens talk first. I mean, what happened on Sunday is exactly what Bert thought would happen. We went in as a we had. I think the the latest numbers was a ninety seven percent chance to go into the playoffs when the football game started on Sunday, and by uh, by, <laughs> by you know, but all says done, that three percent came true, and we're and we're we got beat by a bad Bengals team, and now we're on the out looking in, and so the question is like. Where do we go from here, right? Yeah, that's the question, all right. And I, 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 I've been a proponent. I, my hot take, you know, back in the summer was the Ravens were going to make the playoffs and Harbaugh would be fired at the end of the season. Um, 
There, there have been a few teams. Detroit uh, has already fired their head coach. The Bears have already hired, fired their head coach. Um, you know, but those those two organizations, you know, have have been trash for a long, long time. Right. So the, Raiders, the fact that they're Bengals. firing the head coach, yeah, the Raiders, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it's it would really be a departure from the Ravens' mo to fire Harbaugh, but it. How much more of this are we going to take? We've been we've been awful, mediocre football, with the exception of like what the last five weeks. Uh, the first ten weeks of the season were unwatchable, and yesterday's game was virtually unwatchable until the second half, or until that Chris Moore kickoff return to end the first half. So I don't know. I I wouldn't be shocked if he left, and I would actually be happy if he did. But I also wouldn't be surprised if we're just going to get more of the same in 2018 from. The Ravens. Yeah, and part of me says, yes, fire Harbaugh. And the other part is I look at all the teams who have fired their head coach, and any of those teams would hire Harbaugh immediately. Which leaves me with, okay, well, who else is out there as a head coach? And it's like, okay, maybe I'm all right with with Harbaugh. We're We're not getting rid of Flacco. Normally when you bring in a head coach, he wants to bring in his own quarterback and get all that straightened out. Flacco's here. Um but it's time to replace the coordinators. Dean Pease is, is announced he's retiring. But I think it's time to push Marty out as well. And I, I'd like to see Steve Bashotti get a little bit more involved and say, all right, John, we're not firing you yet. <laughs> but I'm getting involved in these hirings of your coordinators. And we're not just going to let you choose your friends or whoever you want. We're going to hire some really good coordinators. But doesn't that go against the theory that Joe Flacco is always getting a new offensive coordinator every other year yes. and he's never had the opportunity to develop under a coordinator's system? Yes, and that was the reason for keeping Marty this year. It didn't, Now, you can say, okay, well, we didn't give Marty any wide receivers, and I would believe that argument as well because you finished the game yesterday with uh, uh, boy Joe. As your as one of two wide receivers available to you, so yes, there was a big problem there on the offensive side. So I can see the argument of you didn't give Marty any weapons, but I also see as I'd like to move on from Marty. And Joe yeah. has shown over the years he can work with a new offensive coordinator or quarterback coach every year. What's your yeah. thoughts, Matt? I, I a couple of thoughts here. I believe in 2015 when the Ravens didn't make the playoffs, and now it's been three straight years since the Ravens had not made the playoffs. I think in 2015, Steve Ashadi is like, "Hey, we 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 can't do this. Like, we have to not not only do we need to win and make the playoffs, we need more playoff home games. We need to win the division. This not making the playoffs, and even this wild card games is not acceptable. We we need to do better as a franchise. Yeah. I believe that was in 2015, and then in 2016 we didn't make the playoffs, and we blamed all it on all the injuries." Now it's 2017, and we didn't make the playoffs again. And unfortunately, they're in a little bit of the same position as, as the Orioles have been in that the Orioles have, have been pretty good and not terrible. So it's hard to make whole, wholesale changes when you're just kind of good because uh, you see the potential there to, oh, you know, if just something would have went right. Like, I mean, if you make a tackle on Sunday uh, at the end of the game, you know, at worst case scenario, you go to overtime and who knows what happens there. But we're really close. And then we're in the playoffs and no one's talking about firing John Harbaugh for making two to the playoffs. And so we're like good, but we're not that good. And so we're stuck in this kind of 
state of being good, but not good enough to actually seriously compete for a Super Bowl. And so, with having having said that, I'm, I mean, I feel like a little bit. If you do the coordinator thing, that's a little bit like rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. Like, that's not going to really change anything. You're going to have the same thing we had this past year. <sighs> but but, do you can you replace Harbaugh without replacing Flacco? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, mean I would, it when we all fired the time, him, right? Yeah, and when when they fired Brian Billick, we're like, well, who else is out there? Uh, I don't think anybody had ever heard of the special teams coordinator John Harbaugh from right. the Philadelphia Eagles, but and they that went was out after found Garrett him. turned us down from the Cowboys. Exactly. So you know, they, they it doesn't have to be a big name that would come in and replace him. You know, John Harbaugh became a name by being hired as the head coach of the Ravens. He was a nobody before that. Um, so there's there's probably plenty of nobodies out there with the potential that are just not getting the opportunity. I mean, something that people always get in the Orioles for is that we kind of settle for being just good, right? Like like we have, yes. I feel like a high tolerance for just like we celebrate when we're competitive in August. <laughs> like yeah. this is yes, we're having competitive. Like the the bar is so low with the Orioles. Where now this is starting to become true for the Ravens. Is it mm-hmm. acceptable? To, to miss the playoffs three straight years and you're the head coach? Is that acceptable? Uh, I, I mean, the way Steve Ashadi always talked, that was not acceptable. Right. right. And so how is this now acceptable? Because you were kind of good? Because you were almost there? Uh, yeah. It's not acceptable when nine and seven teams can still make the playoffs. And, oh, and, and, and you missed the cut Bills? because you lost to Jacksonville. Yeah. The, it's ridiculous. You're saying the Bills made the made the playoffs? <laughs> I think we were we were winless, like own five or something this year against playoff teams. Right, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Right, yeah. And so the only reason we were even close is not because we were good. The only reason we were even close is because we played the the backup quarterbacks for every every team, even though we couldn't beat the backup quarterback for one of the worst right. teams in football, Chicago Bears. But whatever. The best quarterback uh, we beat this year was Stafford. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, who's still lost in the Titans in Tennessee? In that game, completed like twenty straight passes, right. and then the week after that, uh, Big Ben throws five hundred yards. So I, I think the nine and seven. Well, not the, I, we're not about that, that good of a team. We're not even, even nine and seven good. Even the fact that the best team that you beat just fired their head coach because they weren't good enough. Yeah. Yeah. So with all that said, how can Steve Bashadi in his Ravens in the state of the Ravens address? How can he stand up there and say? I have confidence in John Harbaugh to, 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 to fix this thing next year. Yeah. I or, don't know. And yeah. Maybe you say, hey, this team was never – If we, and we talked about this at the beginning of the season. It didn't have the feel of a great team. Like, we thought the defense was good, but we thought the offense would be bad again. Um, and so at what point do you say – and if you look at the defensive picks we made up, and Humphrey's been good, but that guy Correa we got in the second round, I believe, he's been a dud for the most part. And if you look at our, at our drafts, they haven't been good. So is it this point you say, okay, Ozzie Newsom's got to go. But I think a coordinator is not enough. I think someone, either Ozzie Newsom or John Harbaugh, someone big has to go as as because the same thing isn't working. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I think I think it's Ozzie. Because when you look at the, the defensive players that didn't pan out, when you look at Perriman completely being trash and no – picks on the offensive side you've got to look if you're going to give Harbaugh any excuse if you're going to give Marty any excuse if you're going to give Dean Pease any excuse it's it's you're telling them that they don't have good enough players and that all starts with Ozzie Newsom and I know yeah. there's history there of him and and 
really good picks and all that, but we've got to look at the now, and we've got to look at the past couple of years. And Perriman, Bowser, these guys aren't panning out. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, the, the tricky thing about the situation is it would be simple to say if the defense just was bad because that defense, you know, let us down at the end of the game like the defense let us down in several games at, at the end of the year. It's, it would be easy to say, okay, well, the defense, we need to just address that. But then if you look at Joe Flacco, his average yards per attempt is like five which is dead last in the entire NFL football as far as yards per attempt. As far as QBR, he's, he's down at the bottom two. Like Joe Flacco has been horrendous. And so then you can say the offense hasn't been good. And you saw the offense in that first half. The only word is embarrassing. Right. The yeah. receivers were dropping the ball. Joe Flacco was underthrowing Mike Wallace a couple of times. It was embarrassing. We had what? No, like 20 yards that first. It was embarrassing. It was like watching a, a Navy football passing offense. It was just embarrassing. No, they, so <laughs> you see all that. That's a problem all around. It's a problem with coaching. It's a problem with talent. It's a problem. Like, so it's not just as simple as let's just get a new defense coordinator in here and that'll solve all our problems. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'll be very interested to see the uh, Bishotti State of the Ravens press conference this year. I, I don't, I would prefer not to hear you know, a lot of the same old jargon, you know, things are going to change. We're going to get better next year, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, like Josh, like Matt said, you know, he pointed out years ago, like, okay, we can let this slide one or two times, but this cannot become a pattern. Three straight years is a pattern. Uh, and, uh, you know, something's got to change. Even when uh, the Ravens are making national news because Dick Cass puts out a, a memo blaming the uh, kneeling in London on the <laughs> on the, the fall of the Ravens. Yeah. When the last game of the season, a home game against the crappy Bengals team with nothing to play for, virtually a playoff game for the Ravens, the stadium is half full and uh, and they're getting booed off the field because they're terrible and they're, they're no fun to watch, at least in the first half. Right, right. And, and it is. There's a big thing where we got to step back and look at this team and be like we don't even understand how we got to nine and seven except for the fact that we played backup quarterbacks for nine weeks and that's that's what it comes down to and this turnover ratio and these great shutouts we're all backup quarterbacks all bad teams we've got a team in our division that went uh oh and 16 that got us two wins because the Cleveland yeah. Browns are so bad that anyone could beat them yeah and so you got to take a step back and say it's more than coordinators it's more than John Harbaugh it's this. It's Ozzie Newsom. It's the way this team is constructed. It's the fact that after the Super Bowl, they let Bolden go and uh, some of those other wide receivers, and never replaced them. That they just kept hiring random guys for one two years and never. They gave all their money to the quarterback and gave him no help. Yeah, I mean, and they made attempts. Like they they got Macklin kind of fell into the lap, and Rashard Perryman was supposed to be a first round receiver playmaker. A couple but, years ago, it yeah, just but, never turned into that playmaker. But how does that happen? How do you miss so bad that your your first-round wide receiver isn't even suited up in a game with your season on the line, with wide receivers injured, where Attaboy Joe, who has never gotten a start, never got a caught a reception in a regular game, it gets to start ahead of, ahead of Perriman. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it says a lot about Perriman and where he's at. It's kind of sad. That game yesterday ended with what? Wallace and Attaboy Joe as your only wide receivers available. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Wait, Chris, Chris Moore get hurt? Chris Moore went out on concussion. Yeah, concussion. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, all but all, all Joe needs is uh, Ben Watson. So, so who cares? And yeah, and yeah. if you want to talk about Chris Moore, Joe's interception yesterday was a hundred and fifty percent on Chris Moore. That ball went into Chris Moore's hands, and Chris Moore juggled that ball until the Bengals could come over and catch it. He could have he could have been like a good wide receiver and pulled it in, or he could have at least knocked it to the ground. He juggled that thing until they could had a chance to intercept it. Yeah, kind of zooming back, looking at the bigger picture too, going back to Bert's point, what do we make of this? The, the stadium was half full on what amounted to like a playoff game, right? Because yeah. you win, you're in. So it was almost like a little pre-playoff game. Dude, uh, and it was, the stadium was half full. You guys aren't tired must of this. win. We went through this for baseball season. You really want to talk about attendance again? There's so huh? many factors that go into attendance. One being that it's so nice to watch football at home. With HD televisions and football now designed for TV broadcast and the Red Zone channel. I don't buy and, that, Josh. And I buy that no, in week it, yeah. in, or week eight. I buy that. I don't buy that okay. in week 17 how about the when fact that, the playoffs on the line. How about it's the coldest Ravens game in 17 years? I, again, I don't buy the, that as you see there. You're All telling right. me how about, three, five years ago that stadium would have been sold out. All right, fine. Yeah. yeah. 4.30 on New Year's Eve. A game that was scheduled for 1 o'clock, and then it got changed. A team that's boring to watch. Well, I think that's that's I think that's the, uh, the, that's the a huge part part, right. for sure. And it's been it's been and it's been boring to watch for the last six years. Beers that are ten dollars. What else do you want but, to put but out if, there? If they if they had ten wins or eleven wins or twelve wins, they were one of the best teams in the league. Even if they had locked up a playoff berth, and they were a better team, the stadium would be full. No, 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 no. I don't think yeah, so. I, I think I, there's major. I think this is a major attendance issue. Not just in Baltimore, not just in the NFL, but I think it's an attendance issue for live events, especially sporting events that we're dealing with as a whole in the country. And it's part generational, it's part technology, and I, I think it's a global thing, it's, or at least a U.S. thing. It's not a Baltimore football team sucks and that's why no one goes. I think it's way bigger than that. I, I tend to disagree. I think it's more... I think it's more of, of the Baltimore product right now. And you just, it's not just, it's not just on, on, on the, I mean, if you purple Fridays at, 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 at businesses are not, I mean, at work, I, right. I, I never see anyone wearing Ravens gear. I see just as much Orioles gear as I do Ravens gear. And that used to never be true. I think this speaks to the state of this team and the state of the, the feelings of the, of the fan base in Baltimore, which I think they still watch games on TV but it's just kind of background noise now. And they're, they're less, they're more apathetic about their Ravens, partly because they haven't been winning the past few years. And partly because the, the product they're putting on the field is really hard to watch. It's boring. And, <laughs> and you're right, Josh, those global factors are there. They exist and they're impacting it. But I still think if we had a better product on the field, it would be a completely different story. Right. Right. Yeah. No, the better product always speaks to, uh, a better crowd, but you're not going to sell it out just by a better product in today's 2018. I think we saw that with the Orioles where we would say, Hey, this team's winning early. What are they, what are they doing? Why aren't people coming out? And I think we've learned that it's more than winning. Winning's a big part of it. Definitely. But it also, there's something going on uh, in the world as far as live sporting events right now. The game needs to carry weight. It has to be a playoff game. The, the Orioles could be in the, uh, could be 
locked in for a playoff berth towards the end of the season and attendance is still down. But guarantee you for those wild card games, Camden Yards is going to be packed. You can't, you can't find yes, an empty seat. Because you got and to- the same thing with the Ravens, except the Ravens never get a home playoff game. Right. And well, and because what you got to get me is you got to you got to beat the at home experience. You got to make it worth my time to drive up to Baltimore to uh, I'm trying to think of the general fan deal with the chance that there might be a riot. Somehow that still scares people. I've got to you've got to convince me that it's worth that risk, that it's worth the extra money, that it's worth being out in the cold. And the way you do that is, yeah, a playoff game, something on the line. Or I, last week I was saying, you know what? If you want to help attendance, put Brian Billick in the Ring of Honor. Make these events special. If you have a special halftime show where you're presenting something to Ray Lewis, where you're bringing Ed Reed back, where you're putting Billick in the Ring of Honor where he belongs, people will show up to support those guys. The Orioles did this for the past two years. Let's keep bringing out the old guys. When we bring out the old guys, the whole statue series for the Orioles was all about was sell out, sell out, sell out because you kept thinking about the good times. You need to make the day, you need to make a reason to come to the game that is something different that I don't won't get sitting on my couch watching the game at home. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, so, yeah, be curious. it's a big offseason for, for, for the Ravens. And uh, let me ask you guys, in a way of transition, let me ask you guys this question. Who do you see making the playoffs first, the Orioles or the Ravens? Who's in, the, who's in a better position going forward to make the playoffs? Oh, I'll, I'll, as, as bleak as the Ravens' outlook is, we just discussed this, uh, I still think it's going to be the Ravens before the Orioles because somehow the Orioles' uh, foreseeable future is even more bleak than the Ravens. Yeah, yep. I mean, you got to go with the Ravens, and you got to trust that they were close this year. They've got a hard schedule next year. I think they play like half the teams who are in the playoffs now are on their schedule next year. But you got to say the Ravens are the team that's going to be doing a better job retooling where we're still looking at the Baltimore Orioles with only two pitchers. And it's an NFL team. An NFL team can make the switch, you know, with just two or three players, and it all of a sudden you're a completely different. Uh, franchise baseball is a little more complicated than that yeah I yeah I guess I mean I would probably say the Ravens too but if you if I changed it to say who has the better chance of getting to the Super Bowl World Series I might switch it to the Orioles just because right now Joe Flacco is your quarterback and I don't see Joe taking this team back to the Super Bowl and if that means he's not doing it then that means you have to draft someone else and I don't trust the Ravens to be able to draft and develop a quarterback that can get you back there either. So I think in some respects, just wait long enough and, I, and the Orioles I, have a better chance. I trust Joe. I think he needs help. He needs a wide receivers that you can count on. Uh, you sure. need guys that can run down the field and, and help with let him use that arm. And that can stay healthy. Right. Sure. Macklin was a, injure, had a reputation for injuries before he even came to this team. He wasn't going to be the answer. Right. Mike Wallace looked pretty good the second half of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he's a free agent this year, so yeah, we'll have to see. He, he says he'd like to stick around, but who knows? Yeah, there's a lot of big time wide receiving free agents. We'll we'll see if we if that's where the Ravens go. They're gonna have. They need to. If you want to make me get excited for next year, sign a big name wide receiver, and I'll get excited and I'll get behind this year. Somebody that can make Joe Flacco look good again. Hey, do you remember the uh, bi- after the bye week when the players came in for 
uh, their what a press conference is for the first practice after bye week, and someone asked Joe Flacco, "Did you spend a lot of time here during the bye week?" And and he his response was, uh, "It was something about we're only here when we have to be here." <laughs> what type? And that that upset a lot of people, thinking, "Well, what type of uh, quarterback is that? That's that's working like it's a nine to five job, and and not clocking out." Do you think there's a, a mentality there that Joe doesn't have to to really turn this team around? You got some place to be, Bert? Yeah, it was an alarm on my phone. Sorry. Yeah, I know. Uh, that. <laughs> I thought that was like a like a go go to the bomb shelter type type of alarm. That alarm would be like, all right, let's cut this show off. No, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you don't want to hear that. Uh, but but from a guy like Joe Flacco, the highest paid player on the team, collecting his paycheck. He's been here for 10 years or whatever it is now. Uh, I You can't really blame the guy for not having the enthusiasm that a young Joe Flacco probably once had. He's, a, you know, he's got a family now and, you know, I could, I could be upset about that. But at the same time, if I were in his shoes, I'd probably be doing the exact same thing. Yeah. And, and you say not the enthusiasm of a young Joe Flacco. When Joe Flacco was young, he didn't have that much enthusiasm. That's to true. <laughs> That's a good point. Go back. <laughs> To, to, when Josh says, do we have to talk about this attendance thing again? I would say, do we have to talk about this Joe Flacco thing again? Because we've been over this as far as he he, right. he is. I mean, he's the guy who signed, let me sign a $100 million contract. And then on my way home, stop at McDonald's and get a get a Happy Meal or something. Like, <laughs> right. Just kind of average, low-key Joe. And it is who he is. And so if you don't like that, I mean, it's kind of deal with it. Because the alternatives have been worse. Now, Joe only has, right, what, one, two more years before we can... Uh, look at, at at releasing him or or continuing with him. So we have to make the decision in a couple of years. And so could this impact what the Ravens decide to do next year? Or not next year, but the year after next? Could that make an impact on it? The fact that he does treat it like a nine-to-five job? Yeah, that might have an impact in, in their decision-making. But, it's I mean, I'm not getting upset, upset about it because I already know that that's true. It, it is who he is. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap up our uh, Ravens discussion with this. Do you think – the Ravens will make a make a change outside of DNP's leaving. Do you think they'll make a big move uh, in the next whatever is it, two weeks before the state of the Ravens address? I would assume. Oh man, I don't know. I I I don't think they will. Uh, I as much as I would like them to, you know, th- today we saw the hammer come down on a few head coaches. If it was right. gonna happen, it would have happened today. What do you think, Matt? I, I don't think it necessarily would have happened today because I don't think Steve Bashotti is that reactionary like a lot of other owners are. So I think he might take some time to think about it before he makes a decision. But at the same time, like because there's all other coaches have already been fired, like they're already looking for replacements. So you got to get on it fast if you want to make a replacement. Um, sure. I would predict that Dean Pease is going to retire. That's my prediction. He's going to retire after this year. He, he's, he's announced He already that. did. Yeah. <laughs> I just – <laughs> I'm just trying to sound smart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. And I, and I, I think, I think um, Mar- Marty's going to be fired. I think he's he's going to be let go. Right now, all those teams. Oh, that, I think John Harbaugh will stay. Yeah, all those teams that made announcements today, they've had a few weeks to think about this. The Ravens were in yeah. a weird place where it really came down to yesterday. If they yeah. won yesterday, we're not talking about letting anyone go because they made it into the playoffs. 
Yeah, if, if they won yesterday, we'd be talking about how the Ravens are the team that nobody else wants to face in the playoffs. Right, right. We'd be talking about that the Ravens could knock out the Steelers or the Patriots. Sure. Meanwhile, now we're We looking, beat them once before. Right, blah, blah, right. Blah. We're always – right, January Joe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. No yeah. doubt. <laughs> exactly. But they didn't. And I think that's where Steve Bichotti's got to process this this week. And I think in the end, I think – Dean Pease and Marty Mornawake take the take the blame. They take the hit. Those guys leave. And I think it's uh, Harbaugh stays because I think – I don't know. Like I was saying earlier, I don't know about if there's another guy out there. There's a whole lot of head coach openings there. Uh, I think the Raiders have pulled uh, John Gruden back in from what, what the rumors are saying. But outside really? Of, yeah, but outside of that, there's a lot, still a lot of openings that are going to be opening up that haven't – and I don't know uh, if there's enough really good candidates out there that I kind of feel like we give Harbaugh a little bit more time. I all, but I also would not be shocked if Ozzy Newsom retires as well. But yeah, I mean this. they've said that for a couple of years, but right. yeah. But but I could totally see him taking the hit because the, it comes down to a big loss like that, missing a, a playoffs that were handed to you. Someone's got to take the take this, and I think it's going to be. I think in order for Harbaugh to walk away from this, Dean goes, Marty goes, and Ozzy goes. Yeah, the, the Ozzy's going to be a tough one, though, because if he retires, it's going to look like he was forced out. And I don't know, probably accurately, right? Yeah. And I, but and, and I don't know if Ozzy wants to go out like that. Right. But we'll, they'll go to the State of Union's Ravens thing and say, uh, we've been keeping this secret and quiet, but uh, – Ozzy informed me back in August that this would be his last season. So we've been yeah, working behind the it. scenes as a, as a transitional plan. They'll, they'll frame it. I mean, they'll frame it. or they'll, they'll, All they got to do is remind you of, of the Super Bowl wins and the teams that Ozzy built, the guys that he drafted. They'll, yep. Don't worry. It's not like today when they when the DHP's retirement came out and on Twitter everyone said, good, get rid of them. It's, uh, it won't be that for Ozzy. No. Yeah, can I say something stupid though? With all that said, I think the Ravens are a better team than the Titans and the Bills who made the playoffs. <laughs> they are. You know, what a joke that Tyrod Taylor's running around in the playoffs. What a they, joke yeah, that they, is. They they bench Tyrod Taylor for Peterman. Yeah. I know. Who threw mean, four interceptions and a half? Yeah. I, I I mean, and I, I guess that says more about the NFL right now that the the Bills and the and that's part of the reason why too. They go back to that question why the Ravens are priming the playoffs before the Orioles do. It's because you have to be really good in baseball to make the playoffs. Right. Apparently, in the NFL, you don't have to be that good. Yeah, you got to be mediocre. Sneak around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Time for my uh, weekly Manny Machado update. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. So I go to the old Google machine, and I type in Manny Machado in the Google machine, and I hit news to see what pops up. Here's, what up there, who, here's what's up there for this week. Anything about him pitching yet? First article, so now the Red Sox are interested in Manny Machado. The next one, Orioles Manny Machado, White Sox making a bid. Next one, report Red Sox showing interest in Manny Machado. Next one, Red Sox fans don't count on Manny Machado deal. Next one, uh, Orioles offseason report planned to compete, not rebuild in 2018. Dumb. Oh, I meant to ask too with the Ravens. Are they going to rebuild next year or reload? <laughs> they're not going to do either. They're going to continue. They're just going to continue yeah. to build, to continue to grow. 
Yeah, that's what they call reloading. That's what, I think this is what Dan Duquette says. He doesn't rebuild. They, they reload in the AL East. So the Orioles are reloading, and I think the Ravens will reload too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, those are a lot of uh, Red Sox talk th- this past week with Manny Machado. I think it was uh, it was broken by the reporter uh, Dan Clark. No, I'm just kidding. He didn't break anything. He just <laughs> retweeted what someone else tweeted um, without giving credit. Right, took out credits. John Morosi or something. What's that guy's name? Yeah, John, yeah Morosi. Is that his son? name? Yeah. Oh no, the ESPN John Morosi. He's, 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 yeah, he's the one who came out about uh, the Red Sox, right? Yeah, so he reported that the Red Sox and Orioles are talking. Uh, what do we make of this Manny Machado latest news, and where do you guys think this is going, the Manny Machado stuff? stuff. Well, obviously the deadline is just uh, deadline dog dog and pony show. There, There is no deadline. In July 31st is the deadline. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I think you tweeted that earlier, Matt. Uh, and you're right. Covered. Yeah. It's it's just going to come down to if if the right offer is there, the offer they can't refuse, uh, you know. I but there's also the rumors that Angelos won't deal with the Yankees or the Red Sox. Yeah, for, do you believe for that? Her. I don't believe that. That is doesn't true. make any sense to me. It wasn't making any sense two years ago, or maybe that was longer than that. What uh, uh, three or four years ago when when they dealt Andrew Miller for, for Eduardo Rodriguez? Right. That was in division. Yeah, they traded yeah. their best pitching prospect. For or not their best, but I mean, it wasn't Dylan Bundy, but like their number three pitching prospect for their closer or their, their a reliever. So they've dealt in the division before. So right. now the fact that they won't deal when it's just one year, I don't buy that for a second. It's a one year rental to one of those two teams is going to win the American League East next year. Sure. So what difference does it make? Get get whatever you can, rob their whatever potential future they're willing to give you in exchange for that one year of Manny Machado. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to that, and that's, and whenever anyone asks me about this, my fear is that they're screwing it up. The Orioles are screwing it up. Of course. And we're not going to get anything from Manny Machado. And that's yes. exactly how we go back into 14 years of losing, is yes. by blowing it when you have a chance to work on your farm system. But I, I hate when you say that, and Burt's nodding his head like a freaking You are, you're going to blow there. it. But they, what have they, blo- what has Dan kept blown since he's been here? Zach this Britton. is not an organization that blows things like this. They don't. And I know everyone likes to think that they do. But the last time that they made a big trade like this was Eric Bedard, and they got a ton back for him. I know people like that to think. That was a long, oh, long time we, we ago. Lose stars all the time. When was the last star we lost? All right, Eric. When was the last time we did this wrong? Did, did, Mike Messina. Did Peter Andrews? Yeah, Mike Messina. I got to go all the way back then. Right. Yeah, but that just shows you how once in a life where, you know, once every 15 years, a guy like Machado comes along through the organization and they've shown us that's what the Orioles will do is they'll blow the opportunity to either get anything for him or to re-sign him. That's what right. the Orioles it's, do with their star franchise players. Go 30 miles down the road and the Nationals are doing the same thing with Bryce Harper and he's going to walk at the end of the year. It's not no, just the Orioles. But the Nationals have only been a franchise for 10, 15 years. This is the Orioles' MO for 30 years. No, the Nats have handled Bryce Harper way different. They they bought out his years of arbitration. They've they've been talking with him about extensions. Meanwhile, Dan Duquette says it's been years since he's talked to Manny Machado's agent about an extension. Uh, the difference is, it's like all season, I kept saying there's no way they let Manny go because you don't get players like this. It's a generational player. It's like Cal Ripken Jr. It's a guy who has a shot to make the Hall of Fame one day, and you're going to let him go it I looks agree. don't like, trade him i'm with you well no you either resign him or trade him now 
You're going to get pennies for him if you wait till July. In July, you wait till July, the only teams that will trade with you are the teams that are in contention. And guess what? The Yankees and Red Sox are two of those teams that are going to be in contention. So if we're crossing them out, who's left to trade to? Not that many teams. If you're going to trade them, you got to trade them now. Or pick up the phone, talk to his agent, and figure out how we keep Manny Machado here for the next eight years. See, I, I disagree completely. I think you have so many options. I think you can trade him now. You don't have to at all. You can chill out. You can wait till the 31st of July when people start getting desperate. When yeah, you, when that's you true. That, like the Cubs who thought they'd be better than they are, and they're sitting you know, five games out of the division, and they realize they have to make a move. You can do that. Or can I say something stupid? If you think the Orioles are good, and they if they can still make a couple moves, which I think they can, you can compete in 2018. And if you're sitting there, you know, with a, a, uh, you know, three games back in the division, when when uh, the trade deadline comes, I know everyone hates the scenario, but you feel like you have a good chance to to win with Manny as opposed to trading him. Then I think you play, and we as fans, I would love that. I would love to watch Manny Machado play to the end of 2018 and just enjoy watching him one last year with the Orioles, and then we'll take our little draft pick. We'll say thank you, Manny Machado, for entertaining us for all these years, and we'll move on with our fandom. It's not like Manny Machado is going to replace our entire farm system anyway. And by the way, I've heard people say, oh, you got to look for a team that has a lot of good prospects if you want to trade Manny Machado. I got news for you. Dan Duquette ain't even looking for prospects. I don't know why people are talking about prospects on other teams. He's looking for a win now, guys. So I think the Orioles are going to be in a good position. And honestly, I don't know what they should do. If the deal is right now, that the deal Manny Machado, but I have no issue whatsoever of being stuck watching him till the end of the year. You know what they're going to need, Matt, is pitching though. Yeah, we're not, we're not going to get to the playoffs with Galsman and Bundy and Yanoa and Alec Asher and whoever fills in those three, four, five spots. They're th- and they're not going to sign any good pitchers. They'll get some scrap heap guys. Sign Alex so, Cobb. Sign Flint Flynn. They're out there signing. Yeah, he's not Why going to. Why can't we sign Alex Cobb and Andrew Kashner? And Chris Tillman, and you got five pitchers. And but those are, that rotation Machado, isn't going to take you to the go. World Series. Huh? That rotation isn't going. That rotation is not going to take them to the World Series. You don't think it will? Andrew Kashner and Lance Lynn? No. <laughs> Along with Dylan Bundy, Kevin Gossman, they did the next step. It's a start. That, that's a that's an improvement over last year, and last year got close. Uh, the problem is that that the Red Sox and Yankees have also improved, and that's going to make it tough. But yes. Get me starting pitching, and I will feel a whole lot better about you keeping Manny Machado. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Or, you know, a couple of scenarios, I was thinking about what the Orioles could do now. Uh, it's interesting to talk. Like, let's say they, they make a deal with Boston. Let's say they make a deal with Boston. And they can, go, can we bring Rodriguez out, back? <laughs> yeah, well, let's say uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. I don't think it's going to happen, but let's say we get Eduardo Rodriguez and throw in uh, their shortstop, Xander Bogarts, who has a couple years left. So we get Xander Bogarts to replace Manny, uh, and then we get Eduardo Rodriguez to, 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 to be our third starter. Or trade do this deal with another team where we get a number three starter and another high-end guy. That's probably what Manny will get, a number three starter and someone else. Yeah. So, so, as so as... let's – and then sign an Alex Cobb. Now all of a sudden Alex Cobb becomes a number three because he's still out there, and Eduardo Rodriguez becomes number four, and that's a pretty sweet four. Then what the Orr is going to do next, after they do that, after they trade Manny – They'll need a new third baseman. So then they're going to sign Mike Moustakis, who's out there, who is just as good offensively 
as Manny Machado is. We're not missing a beat on offense. And you got ourselves a playoff team, boys and girls. There it is. They just did it. <laughs> but good luck, good luck beating the Yankees and the Red Sox you with know, that team. I'm perfectly fine with that team. They've done nothing this offseason to tell me that they can build that team. They've done, they haven't tried to sign anyone from what I can tell. Well, uh, no one has. Everyone's still out there. Yes. I guess. I guess. Yeah, everyone's stealing Dan Duquette's idea of just waiting the market out. Um, like, if you look at the, I'm looking right now with the CBS uh, Sports MLB tracker. Yeah. And all the top 10 guys, the only guys who have been signed have been Shoei Otani and then number 10, Zach Cozart. But all the other guys in there are still out there. J.D. Martinez, Hugh Darvish, Lorenzo Kane, Jake Arrieta. I mean, all the big names are still out there. All right. Just interesting. Fine. Well, let's do something before someone else does. I mean, you know, the, the deal with Boston, actually, the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. The only thing it doesn't make sense is they don't have starting pitchers. Like, they don't have starting pitchers to spare. And the prospects that they wanted, that the pitching prospects are all in low single A, the top pitching prospects. So yeah. there, there's no pitchers that are going to help us win now, um, unless they trade us like an Eduardo Rodriguez. But they need Eduardo Rodriguez as much as we need him, so they're not going to do that. But the reason it makes sense to do a deal with Boston is a couple things. They got that guy, what's his name? Their GM, Dave Zabrowski or something, Zabrowski or something. I got to look it up. Uh, but he's the guy that was with the, the the Tigers when we played the Tigers in the playoffs. He's the guy who trades away all the prospects to get veteran win-now guys. Like, that's his thing, to win now. He's not about the future. Uh, he's about winning now. He did it with Tigers, and now he's going to do it with the Red Sox. Also, uh, the Red Sox still need to make a counter of the Giancarlo Stanton deal. So we've seen the Yankees get all the coverage for having the best um, offseason, and you know that's kind of pissing the Boston Red Sox fans off and the, the Boston Red Sox organization. So this would be, I think, a move that equals the Giancarlo Stanton move would be a move to get Manny Machado. So from that standpoint, it makes sense that the Red Sox are highly motivated to get a deal done with the Orioles. Now, from the Orioles' standpoint, what do they have to offer and will it be worth it? That's that's the interesting thing to let's wait and see. Right. You mentioned the Orioles signing Alex Cobb, and that's the one to go to. That's the one I was saying uh, at the end of the season. That looks really good. The yeah, last, pitching the last, at least. He's right. good, yeah. The, the last big free agent pitcher that the Orioles signed would be Ubaldo Jimenez, Ubaldo Jimenez, who comes off yeah. the books this year. And that was a four-year, $50, $50 million deal. Yeah. Alex Cobb is looking for double that. He's yeah. looking for four or five years, eighty to a hundred million, about yeah. twenty million a year. Yeah. Uh, for a guy who came off Tommy John surgery, what two years ago, year and a half ago, something like that. Is there any way Peter Angelos opens up his checkbook for that? To spend double. Yeah, Abaldo burned us for sure. You know, if he, if he'd have been even half as good as he turned out to be, then yes, he might be more inclined to open uh, up the wallet. Do you think? Do you think? Uh, a bad uh, pitching move like Ubaldo makes you hesitant to sign another pitcher because you yes. still need. But why? You need pitchers. You can't win without pitchers, whether they're good, bad, whatever. Someone's got to throw the ball. Yeah, I guess. But you've seen, and not just uh, Ubaldo Jimenez, but the next guy we signed for almost the same amount of money, and we lost a draft pick was Giovanni Gallardo. And right. thankfully, Dan Duquette was able to, the sh the shrewd genius he is was able to pawn off Giovanni Gallardo for Seth Smith last offseason. Um, yeah. But that's why Dan Duquette's great at his job. But if, but 
this would put me off deciding a pitcher because you're investing yeah. a lot of money for a lot of years. And we saw what that did to the team. You were stuck yeah. carrying Roberto Jimenez. He would go to the bench for a while. I mean, you go to the bullpen for a while right. then start for a little bit, then back to the bullpen. And you couldn't send him anywhere because he was stuck with that big paycheck. You didn't want to cut him and lose all that money. So yeah. put Buck Showalter and the organization in a tough position. And now you're going to say you're going to be in that same position with Alex Cobb for five years and twice as much money? Yeah, uh, it reminds me of Albert uh, Bell. It's got to make Al- more comfortable. The Albert Bell signing probably had a lot to do with why he was hesitant to sign big, any big free agents after that for years. Not to mention Chris Davis, Chris Davis performance last year, who yeah. we, we all thought probably too much money, but for what he brings to the glove, and even on an off year, he's knocking 40 home runs. You know, it, it's an okay. It's okay. Yeah. But last year was atrocious. Last year was the second year of that deal, right? That wasn't his first year. Was that second or third? It I'm was not sure. the first. Yeah, I'm pretty, for, I'm pretty sure it was the second. Okay. Uh, but but yeah, and then they'll keep cramming it down our throats how strikeouts don't matter anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a, just a tough position for the organization to be in. But, uh, I mean, I, I, I laid out a game plan there, and I don't know how close that is to Dan Duquette's game plan, but but trade, uh, trade Manny Machado to get a number three starter and someone else, then sign Mike Moustakis to take his place. Then sign another starting pitcher of the free agent market, and I think you have a competing team. Now, Burt will come back and say that's still not good enough to compete with the Red Sox and Yankees. And if that's the case, because that's a best case scenario, that's like best case scenario for the offseason. And if yeah. best case scenario for the offseason, we decide, hey, that's not even good enough to compete with the Yankees and Red Sox, then you got to take this team in a different direction. Right. And. Um... You know, that's what it is. It's, it keeps coming down to, we don't know what this organization's thinking. Um, the question is, do they know what they're thinking? Right. So we're <laughs> less than a month away before uh, Orioles Fan Fest. And, and we, we go, we'll watch them on stage. Um, I don't think you guys have been in a few years where you get to go and sit there and just watch them uh, talk on stage where they talk a whole lot of nonsense. And a, and a lot of circles about how they're excited for this guy. But the big thing in the previous years for, for the Orioles were making sure they did something right before FanFest, or at least leading up to FanFest. Because a couple years ago, they made that mistake of having FanFest in December, and Duquette got slammed with questions about what's his team going to do this offseason. Do you see them doing something before January 26th? The, the way this market's moving, no, because... I think Dan Duquette's going to still wait out the market, and the market has yet to really move yet. And so this is kind of pushing everything back. And so instead of waiting to the end of January, I think he's not going to wait till mid-February to to make a move because he's going to wait to see what you Darvish signs for. He's going to wait to see who is uh, that guy. Like the only way Alex Cobb signs here, I, I feel like the only way he signs here is if Alex Cobb wants a certain amount of money and then all the other pitchers kind of get signed and there's – less suitors for Alex Cobb, and he's forced to bring his price down to somewhere that makes Dan Duquette happy. Exactly right. what happened with Mark Trumbo. That's the only case scenario where I think, because Dan Duquette has a number in mind that he wants to sign Alex Cobb for. This is what Dan Duquette's yeah. really good at. I think he's really good at this. Having a number in mind and say, I'm not going to move that m- number. You're going to come down to me. The exception being Chris Davis. Where, but where, other than that, we, but... I'm going to have a number in mind, and you're going to come to that number. I think he's really good at that. Right. So I think he's going to do it again. So your answer about FanFest, I would be shocked if they have a big deal to announce by fans. Well, yeah. We all agree that the Chris Davis number in that move was not um, 
there was, was other not factors that worked. Dan Duquette. Yeah, other factors. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, you, but you can guarantee some of those guys off your top 10 list, Matt, will be taken by some team before FanFest. It just won't be the Orioles. Yeah, that's very true. Um, okay, Manny Machado, is he at FanFest as an Oriole? <laughs> what do you think? What would you bet? 25, if I was a 25 man, days. I'm not a man. Uh, I would bet well, an occasional game of, of poker for money or an occasional game of uh, DraftKings fantasy football. But I just put in 20 bucks at the beginning of the year for the NFL season and see how long I can play with 20 bucks. Right. So if you call that a betting man, then fine. I'm a slight betting man, but just that. Anyway, 2018 predictions. I mean, uh, uh, my predictions for Manny Machado is I would say uh, he stays with the Orioles throughout the entire offseason. He's not traded by FanFest, nor is he traded by opening day. Okay. Yeah, I would agree with that. But I, I keep going back and forth. Um, yeah, I, I think they're just gonna, they're just gonna hang on, hang on tight and let him play it out. Right. Yesterday, Matt called me bipolar about the Ravens game. I think I am bipolar about Manny Machado because I go back and forth, back and forth. I spent all season saying there's no way they ever trade Manny Machado, that he's an Oriole for life. Then Thanksgiving, I was saying he's gone by Christmas. Now I'm back to thinking he's not going anywhere, but I'm thinking it negatively because I'm thinking the Orioles are screwing this up, and I don't trust them. Even though you keep reminding me, and I know, I know that Dan Duquette has been good, and Dan Duquette has handled this thing well. So if I had to bet, uh, it would be just like my bet for the Ravens Super Bowl right here, with the eighty to one odds. I think that's about the same odds of Manny Machado being traded before uh, with, uh, Fan Fest. Yeah, and well, Josh, I think you should have not... bought that. You should have let Matt buy that ticket from you on Thanksgiving for hundred bucks. I offered it to Ken Cusick too. I was trying to trade this away, sell it. <laughs> look, let me just tear this up right now. That's not uh, not worth anything right now. Oh, oh, Josh, sad, sad uh, moment here on the podcast yeah. on Facebook Live. Josh rips up his uh, lottery ticket for the Ravens uh-huh. Super Bowl. Yeah, that's now, a coconut but, move. Now that lady laughing, she gets the last laugh. Yeah, but. Just one, one last thing about Dan Duquette screwing it up. The thing with Manny Machado is, and we, we know this is true because this is Dan Duquette's M.O., he has a deal in mind for Manny Machado, and he's not going to come down from that deal. So he has a deal of what he wants to get back for Manny Machado, what he thinks Manny Machado is worth, and, and I don't know what that is. No one knows what that is, but he has a deal in mind it for Manny Machado. It seems to be two pitchers, who, a three and a four or something, two starting pitchers that can help this year seems to be what he's looking for. Yeah, and he and he's not gonna. I don't think he's gonna budge from that deal. And so, if a team steps up, then the, Manny Machado is going to be dealt. But I don't think Dan Duquette's gonna say, "Okay, uh, I can't get any good offers here, so I'll just take the best offer that was available." I don't think he's gonna do that. Right. He's gonna wait for someone to step up and offer him what he wants, or he's yeah. gonna hold on to Manny Machado. And I don't see another team stepping up and making that deal. So that's why I say no deal. All right, I agree. Uh, I got some sports resolutions for 2018. For, for you, for the Orioles, Ravens? Not for me. For sports in general, for Section 336? For, for me as a Baltimore sports fan. All right. Okay. You want to hear? Yes. yes. <laughs> what, are you, what are you waiting for? You need some music or something? No, no. No, I was just, I'm looking at my list here. I got, my, I got a list. Okay. Number one. I'll call this one number one. 
numero uno. Mm-hmm. Moja, as they say in Swahili. Um, be more creative with the food items I bring into the ballpark. That's you number need a one. little more than avocados and coconuts? I bring coconut. Yeah, I've never brought coconut into the stadium. I'm not an insane person. And I don't think I've ever brought avocado in. Oh, I brought I brought mangoes. I bring salad often. But that's I want to kind of keep track of some of the crazy stuff I can bring to the stadium. Take my game to the next level. My Baltimore sports fans resolution num- number two. I want to catch a ball at a game. Catch a ball. All right. That means you got to sit somewhere other than section 336. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever caught a ball at a game before during a live uh, MLB regular season game. Does a foul ball in spring training count? No, that's not not spring training. Come on. I'm talking about a regular season. A batting practice spring training ball. Oh, yeah. It was a batting practice foul spring training ball. Yeah. That counts for me. I feel like I've gotten one in batting practice, too, at Camden Yards. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a regular season in baseball ball used ball used ball all right game used ball all right so that's number two catch a game ball all right so we're gonna have to sit out in left field and the bleachers a little bit this year yeah i don't know what section numbers they are like section 12 or something who we'll asked that, that ball hawk guy we know let's talk to him that is true we tim we can we can talk to tim and i blanking on the other guy's name and we can we can go out there and uh, hang out with some ball hawks and, and hawk some balls that has video written all over it, Jeff. It actually does. Do they allow video cameras? Yeah, you can take a video camera into, into the stadium, right? I think so. I think so. I don't know. I feel like but I... If you, if you get the express written consent of Major League Baseball. Oh, but we've, we've got these camera phones with, with video on it. We'll be fine. All right, that's a, that's a new video for this year. Right after we make our pitch and tryout videos for the Orioles. What else do you have on there? Number four. Or no, number three. I'm sorry. Number three. This is a problem with me. I, I was thinking about, like, should we do top 10 oral games of 2007, 2017? But there's a couple of problems with these, even, like, top oral moments. Is Picking we out 10. did all of these at the end of the oral season. So we already right. talked about all these things at the end of the season for the Orioles. Yep. And secondly, I don't really remember individual baseball games from the season. I have a hard time remembering even like top games, like walk-offs and stuff. Right. I have like, a hard time remembering. When I think of something fun from that this past year with the Orioles baseball, it'd be something like the the uh, World Baseball Classic, Manny Machado and Adam Jones stealing that home run. It's something different from this year. Okay, so what I'm going to do this year, you guys ready for this? Yeah. This is going to blow your mind. <laughs> you guys ready to have your mind blown? Yeah. I'm going to – I love rankings. I'm going to rank every game. What, from like 1 to 10? From, no, from 1 to 162. Uh, from top 1 to 162, I'm going to rank every game. Oh, at the end of the season? Uh, week by week, and then I'll adjust the rankings. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. I'm just okay. Rank every on. game. You need some help yeah. with this. Why don't you make it a 10-point grade, and at the end of every game, you give that game a grade. Oh, that I like that. Then you have a nice chart where you can look at the grades. And, and then and you it can needs just to be sort by objective. I'll work on this because I need an objective, right. some sort of objectivity, right? Kind of like war. Oh, there you go. Let's make it a like a war status, but all based yeah. on just your your eye. So you can read the defense, the pitching, the offense, and then you come up with an overall score. And just like the, emotion, like, emotion has to play a role in it, right? Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll come up with categories. Like the score could be a category, right? But, like how many total runs scored? Is it a mm-hmm. one or two or three or four run game? We'll have a bunch of different categories. Right. And we'll rank out but emotions who, definitely. But 
but it's got who the be... opponent is, uh, how meaningful the win was. Was right. it? Yeah, a, a, a lot of math. Clinching here. a sweep, right. clinching but, a series. But it's got to be heavy on the eyeball test. No stats. No looking up at, at batting <laughs> averages and and how you got. It's got to be how you really felt at the end of that game. Quick numbers. No no looking stuff up. Right, right, that's a, right. That's a good way to do it because then you can put it all in Excel spreadsheet and then sort by your rating column. And there at the end of the season, you'll have number one highest rated down to the lowest rated. And it's numbered one yeah. to 162. Yeah, I'm not very good with Excel. Bert, you might need to help me with uh, Excel. I'll hook you up, homie. You know, that, uh, but maybe that's I'm going to rank all the games. This is going to be great. And we'll, I'll update you every week as, as we watch. As, lo- as the I'm season. looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah, let's keep <laughs> well, let's we'll put a page up on three section 336.com to have that chart ongoing throughout the season. We got to have something to do during the season to watch this insufferable team. I mean, I'm just being pessimistic. Sorry. <laughs> well, I've, I've already I've already planned that with this new studio setup, it's heavily designed on letting me do things by myself down here. So I plan on doing some bringing back the post game shows. Whether you guys are joining me or not, I'm planning to, to hop on. <laughs> oh, Facebook I'm doing it and and, ta- and talk about some of these post game post game uh, thoughts and conversations this year. All right, and one more thing about the ranking. I'm going to make sure. One thing I hate about um, some of these these metrics and stats yeah. uh, is it should go up to 100. It should be 0 to 100. 100 is the perfect game. So like 2011, game 162, that gets 100. And it goes okay. all the way down to – when we lost by Texas by 500 to 2, that would get a score of hold 0. On, hold on, hold on. I'm going to rank them all. Uh, one hundred to zero. You're giving it. Yeah. You're giving a hundred to a game, a hundred all based on emotion. The game didn't get them into the playoffs. It didn't do anything exciting, but the emotion of us being that game gets gives it your highest score of the best game ever. I was all a right. walk off when he kicked, and we kicked the Red Sox out of the playoffs. Yeah, no, all right, never mind. I was there. It sounds about right. That's the best game I've ever seen. One hundred. <laughs> to do the, the dumb and young game is that. I guess that'll get a hundred. That's another hundred. Yeah, that's my one hundred for sure. Uh, oh, another factor is going to be fan attendance. That's going to be another category. All right, I'm 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 getting a little carried away here. All right, just some excited about this. (laughs) We'll get into that in another show. We got plenty of time. So, so those are my new New Year sports resolutions. How about you guys? You guys got any? I haven't even thought about it. I like yours. I'll steal yours. And I gave mine up that I'm doing the post. I'm going to do some post game shows. All right, I hope you do some post game shows by yourself. I'll, I'll I'll hop on here by myself, right, or or with, or with some other Oriole fans. Um, this is set up really well to be able to do kind of like remote, like we're doing with now. I think during the season we're gonna get we'll be more in studio, but this will be a great way to do post games. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Happy New Year. <laughs> Sounds like a good way to end the show. Yeah. How many more shows do you think we're going to be doing talking about Manny Machado? Ugh. <laughs> somehow, somehow every week it's it's not to argue about Manny Machado. Yeah. I don't know. If you look as you look ahead, kind of this is the time to reflect on the past year and to make predictions about what you think coming the year ahead. And this was just 2018 is a huge year for both organizations in Baltimore, both major organizations in Baltimore, both for the Orioles and the Ravens. This is. These are defining type years that could dictate where your organization goes for the next five, ten years. All right. Yeah. is a big year. You're not wrong. You know, I'm, I'm rarely, I'm rarely wrong. I'll throw out a. Uh... I was wrong about Brian Mattis. I'll admit to that now. 
No, I wouldn't mind having Brian Maddox. I would bring him back. He's a lefty. Can we bring him back as a starter? I was gonna start that hashtag again. Brian Maddox for starter. That would work again. He would make a top five right now. Yep. Um. I'll, I'll throw one other thing that we're gonna do Birdland Radio again this year, and we gotta find a way to make it even better this year. So that'll be another uh, New Year's resolution. Yeah. I don't know how. Uh, I mean, we find better podcasts than us, but I don't know how we make it better. But we're gonna I mean, last year we it. had Trey Mancini on. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah we've uh, Chris Davis one year, Trey Mancini next year. Yeah. Not sure who we'll have this year, but it's gotta be in that. Uh, gotta be another uh, up and coming first baseman for the Orioles. <laughs> We'll All right, boys and girls, you can check out the new studio, Josh's renovations on the studio, if you follow us on Twitter at Section336Show or on Instagram at Section336Show or on Facebook. Search for us. Section336. Uh, Section you can also uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow us. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Section336. You can follow Bert. At Bert Rohde. And you can follow Josh. At Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go Orioles.